reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we got ourselves a mailbag pod. And we got to talk about Andrew Thomas. We're going to get to all of it. Justin, how are you feeling on a Wednesday after I mean the season this this is a this is a new low, this is a new low right now because there's there's like there is zero hope going forward because if Andrew Thomas is playing we're taught we're like you know what it's, season's over but I bet you will you know Daniel Jones is gonna look good with Andrew Thomas out I'm I'm worried that he's not gonna look good. <laughs> hey Bobby Skinner, um two home games two weeks in a row excited for that excited for that really pumped to. Head back to MetLife Stadium. No, I, I mean, I'm excited to uh, go back to MetLife again this weekend. I'd rather watch losing football where I'm there and I'm in person and I get a chance to put everything in my life to the side where I was watching it from home. So um, that is the difference between this year and last year is that, you know, at least I'm I'm there to see the misery in person. Yeah, so we'll kick it off with Andrew Thomas. Uh, it, it stinks, you know, the theme of 2020. I've said it a lot this year. The theme of 2020 is... You, you you started to root for players again on this team, where it wasn't just rooting for hope, it wasn't just you know rooting for maybe something that wasn't there, it wasn't substantial, but you started to root for players again. And Andrew Thomas was one of those guys that, you know, while most of the season was a struggle for him, he ended it off on a high note, and we had hope for him uh, coming into this year. And then right away, boom, he proved it. Like, right away, those you know, first three, four games of the season, like, boom, he proved it, why we should have that hope and why he is a player that we should get behind. And, you know, it it, it takes the wind out of the sails of the team, if they had any wind under, under their sails to begin with, um, of the team, and then it takes the wind out of the sails of us as fans because at least we had some of those players like Tony, like like uh, like Jones, like, um, like Thomas. And now, you know, really, we don't really have any of those guys, and even without those guys, Jones isn't much, so... Yeah, and Andrew Thomas going to IR hurts because, you know, if all the receivers are out, I'm like, we can still, Jones can still look good. You know, it's just Thomas was the, always, he was the most correlated. You know, Daniel Jones is a different QB when his blind side is taken care of, and we have seen that. Um, you know, and just for Thomas himself, you know, it's, you know, it's not, a, yeah. not everything resolves around Daniel Jones. You know, he's got two foot injuries right now, you know, a foot on a foot injury on one foot and then an ankle on the other, you know. Now the silver lining though is though that the next three weeks after that you have a bye week and then Monday night football. So you have five weeks in a day to get healthy. So if there's any time for him to go on IR, this would be the perfect time because you're essentially you get five weeks to heal for three games. Um but yeah, I mean Daniel Jones, his his the his correlate his success this season I thought was most correlated to Andrew Thomas more than any player or coach. Which I was gonna save this for one of the mailback questions. But I'm. We're starting to see, like, 
people got to stop expecting everything to be perfect for Daniel Jones to be good. Like, we never did. Left guard through right tackle are not good players on the Giants right now. Matt Skirtle is not a good offensive lineman. Billy Price is not a good offensive lineman. Will Hernandez is average. Nate Solder, Matt Parrott, bad. You know, the yeah. tight end room, ineffective. Well, you know, maybe Evan Ingram goes and, and is good somewhere else, but he's ineffective. The wide receiver group was good, but injured. The offensive coordinator was bad. And anytime the offensive coordinator had a good game, Daniel Jones had a really good... Like, Daniel Jones was good this year, essentially with a left tackle and a decent wide receiver core that was banged up basically the entire year. Missing Tony, essentially the first two games. Galladay gets hurt, then Shep and Slayton get hurt. So stop changing the argument with Daniel Jones, because he did play bad this this past week. And there's a question about Garrett, um, because I'm going to be critical of Garrett and Jones. Like, this bad game was bad of Daniel Jones, and it wasn't just because of the offensive line. He made bad decisions. But, like, I'm... I'm starting to see that stuff again. And it's like, look at what we saw. Look what we saw when all he had, the only really consistent thing he had was the left tackle and he had good wide receiver talent. Not great wide receiver talent, good wide receiver talent. And a horrible offensive coordinator. And every outside source, not just Giants fans, not just Giants fans trying to protect DJ, saying, like, this guy is the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL right now. Yeah, I mean, this is a week-by-week league, right? Where... You know, one one game is going to decide the talking points and the narrative on a player until the next Sunday, until they can go out and do something different, or they can continue with the status quo. Um, and when unfortunately Daniel Jones has a lot more games on his resume um, that look like this past Sunday, whether it's his fault or his or not his fault, than the first three games that was this season. So that's the, and I agree with you, but I'm, that's the only unfortunate part about Daniel Jones is that people's brain they revert back to when they see, oh, Jones fumbled a few times. Oh, Jones threw a couple interceptions. People's brain refer, they refer back to, oh, well, you know, it's, it's his fault. And you look at the box score and, and, and stuff like that, but I agree with you. And, and I think the main talking points really and the draft, draft talking, talking points, points too. But the main thing that we said this past Sunday, and I wholeheartedly agree with it is do not let those types of games stack upon each other. We're Agreed. now the stat the, the odds are stacked against Daniel Jones, but this is where, like, and you know, maybe we'll save it for some Jones talking points. But you know, the stat, the odds are stacked against Daniel Jones. But you cannot have games like you had this past Sunday. Like there, Correct. there is no excuse for that on a consistent basis. So let's let's see it, DJ. Like you know, continue to be a dude. You know, you were a dude the first three four weeks of the season. Let's let's continue the season even though those odds are stacked against you. If so. he can play above average with Andrew Thomas out, like that should honestly sell you. Yeah. More than the the first, you know, the first four and a half games. Yeah. You know, like if he get like, because we'll talk about it with Garrett and everything. But like you said, like everything is stacked against him right now. Um, Justin, uh, before we get into the mailbag, this episode was brought to you by some lovely people. Antonio Sforza. Antonio. We got Josh from Australia, Mike. And he said Mike um, in, in one of our messages. Love it. There was a time where... My dad and one of his employees were just calling everyone Mike. They were just doing the Australian voice thing. And I remember it was, business was good. You know, it was after a hurricane. You know, my dad owns a tree service. And so, like, he weren't really needing work. So, he was, I mean, he was answering the phone as, like, tree service, Mike, how can I help you? Like, just went all in on it. I remember so, the story that you told. It was, yes. I probably have funny. told it. Bryden Lawson, my high school football coach, was uh, Roderick Lawson. Look him mm. up. Jack Feldman. I think he's an. This is our second Feldman. I wonder if he's related to Eric Feldman. Eric, yes. Uh, Sean Patel, 
And then the lovely Isabel Cortez Gonzalez. Who are these lovely people, Justin? Wow, love people with three names. Wonderful people like Isabel went to patreon.com slash talking giants. Two dollars a month. We're officially over three hundred. We have been for a little bit, I think, but we're officially over three hundred. We're we're at four hundred. Well, no, we need to get to four hundred. Oh, we need to get to four hundred. I thought you were really just exaggerating. Yeah, so patreon.com slash talking giants. Um come be miserable with us and hang out with us as we record the episodes live. So here's a little here's a little spin zone. It's tougher to listen to the Giants podcast, which is why I'm extra thankful for everybody that tunes in to YouTube videos, podcasts, supplemental content, everything that we put out. But I recognize that is it is a lot more difficult to listen to the Giants podcast now than it was, you know, even at the start of the season when we were like 0-2, 0-1, let's just say. So, if you sign up for Patreon, you can just listen to us live, hang out with us live, chat with us, listen for a little bit, and then you're done. Listen to us in the evening when we record, because that's when we record, and then you're done. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. Plus, Bobby sends you some magnets and stuff. Bam. All right. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. <laughs> Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. All right, we're going to kick off with two questions paired together. Bill at Bill underscore A underscore B. Giants end up winning three to four games this year, and the team is non-competitive down the stretch. Do you pull the plug on Judge and get back to an aligned GM and coach? What do you think Mara does? Second question is coming from Jake Salazzoni. Jake Salazzoni. I had to literally do the Italian the Italian signed with my hands. It's the as I one culture name. we can still make, uh, you know, exaggerate. I love it. It's the one culture we can exaggerate. Do you care to e- expand upon that more? It's like we can make fun of Italians too. I, I don't. Oh, I don't want to make fun of it. I want to just expand upon how wonderful. But they like, are. if uh, now we're wow, we're really getting into territory we probably shouldn't touch. Yeah, well, no, you are. You, you, you just, you just got there. Basically, if you mimic other cultures, you're probably going to get in trouble. Well, like I mean, Sean I'm from McDonough New Jersey. got in trouble for making fun of uh, something on, on a broadcast a couple of weeks ago. I'm from New Jersey. I'm automatically 25% Italian. Like, you can say, forget about it, and people won't be like, wow, you are, why are you making fun of Italian culture? All right, listen, don't I forget for- about this conversation. Don't forget about J- uh, Jack's question. Jack Salzoni, I know it's only week seven, but the Giants are one and five currently. How many games do you think the Giants need to win this season for Joe Judge to keep his job? I think Gettleman is gone regardless, but I think there's a scenario where the G-men have a losing record and Joe Judge keeps his job. I want to start off really quickly, and then I'll let you go knee-deep. Jack, I don't think... There's like a certain win mandate where, you know, and I get this is maybe the same answer that the Giants will give you too. I don't think there's a certain win mandate in my brain for like, oh, if Judge gets to this win total, I think he's safe. Um, I think it's a matter of can he keep the locker room uh, and can they still compete game in and game out, right? Can they finish the season off strong? And I know that's such a stupid answer, but at the same time, I don't think it matters because I do think that you need to pair the GM and the head coach together. I've, I've officially kind of gotten to that point of no longer talking myself into this this line of thinking, that line of thinking. It, it comes down to results. You need to pair the GM and the head coach together and let this new GM, whoever he is, 
have whatever kind of say that he wants. And Bobby, I'll let you go now. Okay, good. Because I was actually going to ask you that. Like, where are you at with Joe Judge yeah. right now? This is yeah. Used to I used to have like this. You know, maybe maybe this happens, maybe that happens. You know, but Judge hasn't really earned anything exactly to say like, oh, he deserves to be kept. And you know, may, maybe he does, but um, I, I think it's less likely. There's more of a chance of things to go wrong and shit to hit the fan if you do keep Judge that compared to then just wiping it all clean and just restarting. So. Yeah, I mean, Judge is seven, seven and fifteen as a head coach right now. That's not good, um, and that's where I'm. I I agree. I think you need to keep him on. Like you're going, Dave Gellman will be fired, and I think you should move on from Judge as well. And it and it sucks because I do like Judge. There's things I like about Judge, but he I hasn't do. done enough. You know, like the defense is bad right now. The offense is bad, and you you know you brought back Garrett. Um, you know, decisions like continuing to play Nate Solder. Um, you know, which, you know, Joe Judge is, is uh, very involved in those things. Like, I think there's a, it's, it sucks for Judge that he got put on the last notice for Gettleman as well. Like, it, it's like, as soon as Judge came on, it's like, all right, you're, you're on the hot seat too, because this GM's on the hot seat. I know? think that's one of our, I, I'll have to go back and maybe listen to some of our first episodes. I think that, that was like one of my first episodes as part of Talking Giants, but I would be shocked if we didn't say that. Because it, it was a really sucky situation that he was kind of put in to, to start. It, it, it really was. So, Yeah, and I, I want to talk about Gettleman. There's some takes I have on Gettleman that I really haven't said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what has been – what has Joe Judge done this year for you to be like, he's got to come back? You know, and, again, it's – and here's something. It's like I want a fresh start, you know. And when you get a fresh start, that means that people you like go, you know? Yep. It's like the people that you love and you got to have stay. You know, like the Andrew Thomas, Kadarius Tony, they have to stay. But there's guys you like that will go, you know? Like with Jabril Peppers right now. I like Jabril Peppers. I defend Jabril Peppers all the time because he gets unnecessary hate. But I don't, like, I don't love Jabril Peppers' game. He's not like a must-have player. So it's like we're 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 starting over. We're going to be starting over, you know, which means that people that you like have to go. Um, you know, that's why I'm okay with you know. We talked about Dexter Lawrence last week. I'm like, you know what? I like Dexter Lawrence. I don't love Dexter Lawrence, you know. So if they decide to move on and, and get some draft picks from Dexter Lawrence, I'll be okay with it. Um, you know, whether that's at the deadline or or in the off season, which it could be. So yeah, I, I and I I do like Judge. I really do like Judge. But again, it just hasn't been enough done yet. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to hamstring this GM. I want us when we we're going to answer a question about John Mayer. I want this new GM to be able to do whatever he wants and not be, not be someone. And I guess we're um, we're diving right into it with Gettleman. Not be someone who tells John Mayer what John Mayer wants to hear. Yep. Because we're we're going to talk about John Mayer, but like that's what Dave Gettleman has done that actually bothers me more than any personnel move about Gettleman is that he. And his and his interest of his own job has always played John Mayer, saying what John Mayer wants to say, and that includes going back to firing Pat Shermer with you know three four weeks left in the season, going to John Mayer and recommending to pet fire Pat Shermer, totally throwing Pat Shermer under the bus. Where at the time, if you asked me which one would you keep, Gettleman or Pat Shermer, I would have said Pat Shermer. Now, like this, I'm saying they should have been a package deal. You either kept them both for the third year and gave them that third year, or fired them both. I, I would have been happy with both, and they they took the option. To do the, you know, uh, use your phrase, half be half pregnant. Um, so 
that's what bothers me the most about Gettleman is like he does the things that makes John Mayer happy. And I think if John Mayer can get that nice kick in the ass from someone who comes in and doesn't like main job isn't pleasing John Mayer and it's doing the right things. That's where I think there could be some hope for this organization going forward. Right. Because John Mayer isn't actually, you know, we got a John Mayer. Let's skip to the John Mayer question and then we'll talk about Jason Garrett. And so it's, it's the, after this next one. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you first, cause uh, do we have another judge question? No, I don't think so. All right, so I've been seeing a lot of people on social media talk about how, you know, Judge could start losing the locker room in terms of guys, like, not giving effort. I didn't watch the old 22 extensively, you know, fully. I think that was overblown. Yeah, I I agree. I I don't. But Judge didn't, though. Judge said there was guys who didn't give effort, you know. But here's at the same time. Guys could not give effort in the fourth quarter of a 38-3 game and not lose a locker room. You know, like, there there has been – there has been – and I'm not saying he won't lose it because losing makes you lose the locker room more so than, you know, coach more so than Joe Judge being, you know, tough. More so than it's, running laps and BS yeah, it's like losing. That, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> Ben McAdoo wasn't tough on his players. He lost the locker room. Shermer didn't lose it, but it was very clear like that was an that was a very like a rebuilding mode. Um, and his offense, you know, had some really nice games. Um, and 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 you got Odell out of there, which I think kind of was a wake up call for it a lot of players in the organization. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been zero evidence that judge has lost the locker room. He may cause losing does that. But at this point there's zero evidence that he's lost yeah. the locker room. Yeah. I, I agree. A lot of people were saying that and I'm like, I, I think don't, people are I don't wanting think, it to be true. I don't think we're there yet, but don't hold your breath. Um, so, uh, trade Saquon at Saquon for a second tells you everything you need to know there do you think this team has any chance with john mara as owner i just don't see the light until mara and tish are gone i don't think john mara is james dolan you know like i don't think john mara is like has this huge ego where you know every like like you know where james dolan's like literally like having himself play concerts at, at madison square garden and and you know kicking people out and sending these great weird emails and stuff like john mara I'm not. I'm not saying he's a good owner, but he's not like he's not James Dolan, where it's like just broken beyond repair. I don't think. I do think someone, and we. I think we both had similar tweets about. I brought up Nick Saban when he went to Alab- interview for Alabama. He kind of crapped all over the organ, like you know the facilities and everything. And some people in there didn't like hearing that, but others were like, "Hey, no, this is what we need right now. Like we need this kick in the ass because Alabama wasn't good before Nick Saban came. You know, came in. They were. They used to be good. They had a great history, similar to the Giants, but they weren't good." before Nick Saban came in and now they're a powerhouse. So I do think John Mara is embarrassed by this losing. He does care about winning and losing. I know he's making money, but John Mara does care. Like if, if anything, he cares too much, you know, he like, he loves this team almost a little too much where he, you know, can be too loyal, but with everything going this way, he, there's going to be firings. I don't think Chris Mara is going to be fired, but I also think Chris Mara might not have as big of an impact as people make him out to, you know, like, I just don't think Gettleman is taking too much advice from Chris Mayer or Joe Judge when they're drafting people. Um, we don't know. That's the crazy thing. And that's why I don't, don't think know. that he has a huge impact is because we don't know. You know, because they never put him out. You know, like, you have Chris Pettit. You have Kevin Aver, Like you I know don't know, Bobby. Bobby, it, you, look on the, you look on the Giants, uh, like, the media page or, like, the media book. Um, Research Rick, you know, guided me to this. And I was just looking at, you know, the personnel, the coaches, and – you look at, you know, 
upper management, it is John, and, and this is this couldn't mean nothing, but it's it's all that we have. It is John Mara, Steve Tisch, and then boom, the third person on the third page of who is running the New York Football Giants. It is Chris Mara. You know, so I don't. Again, I don't know, and that's the frustrating thing about you know why over the years, you know, maybe we weren't. You know, maybe we aren't critiquing as much. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to critique because I don't know what the process is. Which is why, like we said on Sunday, like you said with that Nick Saban tweet, which is why they need to be open to bringing somebody in that will tear this organization apart, that will yeah. tear them down. Where John Mara, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think a lot of people cringe. I do agree with you that John Mara wants to win. But it's just that he does not have the right frame of mind when it comes to a timeline as to how long it could take to build a proper team. Or really, maybe not even how long it should take because you've seen NFL teams turn around in kind of short time frames. But the necessary steps that you need to take, like maybe you want to know what, John, like, you know, maybe that maybe there's a season where it's perfectly okay to go into it thinking, you know what, we're going to get three wins this year. We're going to get three, four wins this year. And that's kind of okay when you have that longer, long-term goal of, you know, next year we have more draft capital. Next year we're going to manage our free agency money, right? We're not going to overspend on free agents and then put our whole hopes and dreams on those guys that come in. It's okay to go into your first season of a rebuild and say, we're going to win three, four, we're going to win three or four games. But if you build the draft capital necessary, that is necessary, like they did not do in 2018, then the timeline can get shifted after that point. But they never did that. They never did that. And frankly, the only year that they did it was this year in 2021. <laughs> and that's why I'm hoping that, you know, that's why I, I say Joe Judge jo, jo, jo should go with Gettleman is because, like, you need that revamp. You need new. You can't hold on. Like, I don't want someone GM coming in and being like, you know what? We really like Joe Judge just to get the job and repeating the same mistakes again. Um, and honestly, whatever happens with Saquon, I really think could signal um, the change, you know? Yeah. Because they could either move on from Saquon or they could lowball Saquon and be like, dude, you don't deserve more than like a, a seven mil a year deal or something like that, you know, and being like, you don't deserve it, Saquon Barkley. What have yep. you done to do that besides be drafted high and have a really good rookie year? Since then, you've done nothing to deserve a big contract like the, you know, like the, like a McCaffrey or, or, or a Cook got. Um, So I think those things could signal where where they're moving. But yeah. Now, do I have faith in that? No, but I, but I, I also, I don't view John. Like I said to start, I don't view John Mayer the same way I would a James Dolan. You know, like, uh, you know, someone it's, we're talking basketball analogies. Like yeah, Sean or John Mayer needs his Sean Marks, who comes in and kind of takes over and and does things the right way. Sean Marks yeah. is the Nets GM, by the way. Yeah. All right, go where Nets. do you want to? I'm, I'm happy for the season. Where do you want to go next? Top three worst government moves, or do you want to talk about Daniel Jones and a different system? Yeah, go back to yeah. Let's 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 stay in order and and go back to that. All one. right, let's go to Danny B at Bozzy eighteen. If Daniel Jones was in a McVay or Shanahan offense over the last three years, would there be any doubts about his ability as a QB? How much is a lack of talent early on in recent play calling to blame for people still having question marks over him? So, we kind of did a little bit of this in the beginning, but what's sucks especially about Andrew Thomas going down and the wide receivers being out it's not just necessarily those guys being out it's that Jason Garrett just goes right back to the curl stick concepts you know like we ran so much stick and curl the only difference this week was that the slot receiver was going on a clear out go route which is not part of the progression 
you know, which is why my, you know, I do the two 15 plus yard routes tweet every week, which usually I feel like paints a good picture. This was the first week where I was like, this doesn't paint a good picture because they were using a ton of two clear out routes, which weren't part of the progressions, you know? And so I wanted to look for something too. And I, and I was like, all right, let me write down every time this happens. Something I talk about a lot, Justin, is the three-level high-to-low reads for Daniel Jones. That's where he has his most success, right? Yes. Quarters one through three, they didn't run a single route concept like that. Tough. Not a single one. (laughs) Not a single one. That's so frustrating, man. Like, it's that's why it's like when people say, oh, everything needs to be perfect. It's like, no, just honestly, I would give me a good play caller. Like, if you told me right now you could get – Sean McVay or whatever really good play caller or Andrew Thomas back, I would take the play caller. I really would, man. It's frustrating. And that's why we said we're not going to react to small sample sizes with Jason Garrett, where I like what he did versus New Orleans. And I kind of like what he did versus Dallas. Um, but it's just like he, he when he can't block stuff up and he doesn't have the you know receiver talents, he goes back into his old, yep. into what, like, into that quick concept stuff. That just does not fit DJ or really fit any, you know, QB. And it's so frustrating. That being said, Daniel Jones played bad on his own. He wasn't helped, but those two, the first and third interception were really bad. Daniel Jones plays like you can't, you can't really, you can't really blame Jason Garrett for those. Like those were all, those were bad Daniel Jones decisions. Yeah. I would like to see Jones in like a McVay type of style offense. Um, I don't know. Well, you the need sh- a McVeigh. Give me Scott Turner. Yeah, you know, from Washington. You know, that is something. By the way, I feel like this this coaching staff with Joe Judge and basically you know twenty twenty. That's where I really feel like I've I've started to watch football in the way that I'm most comfortable in. You know, where I'm learning more and you know, I'm still relatively young, but mainly like watching the game of football in the way that I like it and I'm comfortable with in a way that I can talk about it. I am really, really going to be evaluating from the get-go, from the get-go, whoever the new coach is going to be. You know, if it's still Judge. No, Grant, I don't think Jason Garrett's coming back next year. Even if Judge stays, Jason Garrett, I don't think is coming back next year. Um, granted, and that that is when I will also be fully behind the burn-down MetLife <laughs> stance if but Jason Garrett is But that would be so frustrating back. to keep Judge and Daniel Jones and be like, all right, another play caller. Another play caller with the same head coach no, and right. same QB. You know, that's I'm just where saying hypothetically. Gets frustrating. I'm just saying hypothetically. So if a new coach comes in, whether he's an offensive play caller himself or he's you know similar to Judge or CEO or he's a defensive play caller, I'm really, really going to be evaluating on what kind of offensive play call and what kind of offensive system they run. Like I'm almost going to be evaluating that more than – the type of like coach he is or the type of like guy he is. Like I am so much on the whole, what kind of offensive system do you run? And I tweeted this out today where, you know, you learn lessons, right? You learn lessons about the expectations that the giants have. And, you know, we had expectations for what this defense can do, but throughout this entire off season, I was just talking about how if this giants offense can just solely be average, then, you know, we have a shot at, at doing something nice this year. I am on the boat of, defense can do whatever they want. They can add whoever they want. They can do whatever they want with defense coordinator, whatever. I will not have faith in this franchise until they are scoring points at an above average rate. And they are producing explosive pass plays at an above average rate. I, until they start to prove that to me on a consistent basis, 
I will have no hope for the direction of the franchise because this is an offensive league and this is a quarterback driven league. So that's, that's kind of like where my brain is at in terms of evaluating the future of this franchise. Yeah, it's it's a mess, and that's why it's so frustrating that everything is off schedule. Where judges here two years, Gettleman yeah. here's four, Gettleman is here four years, you know. Because like if we were looking at just the past two years with Gettleman, like Gettleman was brought in in twenty twenty, Judge was brought in in twenty twenty, we probably have a different view. But it's like, actually, no, we don't because they haven't invested in pass rusher or offensive line at all besides Andrew Thomas. Right. So actually, I scratch that. All right. Next question. AZ at Anthony Zaro. What are the top three worst Gettleman moves that got us to where we are right now? Um, I would say Nate Solder in 2018. It's crazy how all, all, all of these are basically going to be 2018 for me. Um, Nate Solder in 2018. Um, number two, just being, in general, not getting anything out of the 2018 draft class. Where there's not there's not one guy that I can just confident... Say, just say the Saquon pick and not doing the trade that the Colts did. Well, no, I, I don't. I don't just want to say that. I want to literally look at that entire that entire draft class and say there's not but a it's single moves. Not like a tra- entire draft class is okay. a move. All right, then I will say Saquon. I, I I want it to be nice, and I didn't want to be that jerk. But I will say Saquon because that is generally how I feel. Okay, so um, I agree with those first two. Solder and Bar- I mean Barkley. Not only is it the running back thing, but you could have gotten Quentin Nelson, which this offensive line feels a lot better with Quentin Nelson, and the 37th and 49th overall pick. You might have been able to get a little more because they would have had the second pick and not the third pick. It was the second pick instead of the third pick that the Jets gave up, yeah. you know? Or, sorry, that the Colts gave up, um, you know? And you can't say that the Giants and Jets were the trade they traded in 2019 with Leonard. I know it's a different order. But still, that, that trade could have happened. So that. What is your third? This isn't a specific move, but it's just not not having any adequate edge rusher four years in. Like, not having a single one. That's my third so to speak is that cheating or do you want me yeah, to you're something cheating. else i'm gonna okay. say deandre the deandre baker pick not necessarily because but you traded up you gave up the 37th overall pick the one you know and then a, the 132nd and 142nd pick you know and and you could have had like a guy like terry mclaurin with pick 37 or hell you yeah. could have even gotten baker um you know i'm not it's, it's less about the it's it's less about what Baker happened with Baker, but more so it's like you traded up for what happened with Baker. Like I'm okay with taking a chance with guys with character concerns. You couldn't have predicted that Baker would have done that. Um, and they should have kept Baker, by the way. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll say Baker too. If if the edge thing was cheating, because even Baker, who I think the Chiefs like, but he's having trouble finding playing time on a very very bad Steve Spagnuolo Chiefs defense right now, so he's not even playing there. So. I was hoping you'd have a different third one than me since we so we could stop agreeing so damn no, much. Um What would Golden, okay, what Golden would you be Tate? your fourth? Golden Tate, maybe? Oh, we'll definitely disagree on that one then. Kyle Rudolph? Kyle Rudolph is worse than Golden Tate. And Kyle Rudolph, that money could have been spent on like Kevin Zeitler. Yeah, really. You know? <laughs> like you could have kept or, Kevin Zeitler. Or it just could have been in your back pocket because there's moves that needed to be made this season to, you know, get some sort of depth for offensive line. Um, I, I just had something on the top of my head, and I and it just, uh, it, oh, having you know, basically the process it took Leonard Williams to get fully extended, how that took two years, and <laughs> you know, and it cost you the draft picks plus 
so I, I think that's also up there too, where that's that's handcuffed you, and now you you are you are overpaying for London Williams, but um, I'm glad they're paying him, but they are overpaying for him, and it took two years to get that done, and they gave him a lot of money in the process of waiting for that long-term contract extension. So, dude, I'm so hungry for a win right now. I'm hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, Bobby Skinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Okay, 100 Gambler or an Indiana 1-800-9 with it speaking of burning down MetLife if um Jason Garrett is still coordinator somehow next year KG he asks why is MetLife Stadium still standing and Mark Reynolds at R underscore Reynolds is there still hope that COVID will cancel the season we need to find a way to derail this season well which I I will say by the way I know Mark is joking when he asked that question. I, I still stand firmly behind. I should have saved this point. I still stand firmly behind that I would much rather be there, be at Giants games, versus just be home and not go. I would rather see it in person and losing because, like, legitimately, that's like my my favorite thing. And I and I've I have really accepted the fact that we are going to lose. And do you, so so what so what do you think about this? Do you think that? I'm, I don't want to say a fraud fan, but I'll just I'll, I'll point it like that. Do you think I'm a fraud fan for continuing to go to Giants games, even though, like, I want the organization to change and I want John Mayer to do different things? Do you think, like, I should be not going to Giants games and trying to sell my tickets no. because I want John Mayer to do things do things differently? Do what, makes you, what, do what makes you happy. So if you don't want to go to the game, sell the tickets. If you want to go, go. Um, because I do think not going I, to the game is a statement and having empty seats is a statement, but I just can't, I can't do that. Like my soul yeah, don't can't do, do that. Yeah. Th- you not going isn't making the difference of John Mayer, you know, doing something we want and not what we want. So, you know, I know he can be reactive at times, but at the, at, you know, but no, if you want to go to the games, go to the games. And we have a question about that towards the end. And if you don't, don't, but we do need to find a way to derail and end this season. And get us to the offseason now. <laughs> we'll get a time machine. I know somebody who was building that time machine. Tim Coffey. Tim Coffey, he asked, if Graham doesn't fix things, is his failure as defensive coordinator more of an indicator of Judge staying or going? The injuries aren't there as an excuse, at least on the defense side of the ball, and Judge doesn't seem to question Patrick Graham's motives. Also, Snacks is winless in the Talking Giants Patreon Fantasy League. Just loser. an FYI, he he is quite a loser. I'm killing it in fantasy by this uh, by the way this year. Um, so we did the judge stuff, but I want to just turn this into like let's talk about Patrick Graham question. Um, 
where I can just kind of like, instead of doing a film review, I can kind of talk about what scheme stuff um, I like. First of all, the biggest issue for this defense is pass rush. We've said this basically every episode this year. It's it's hard to believe how bad this pass rush is. You know, like you can make a million funny tweets out of how bad this pass rush is. The fact that Darnay Holmes has the same amount of sacks and QB hits as Lorenzo Card and O'Shane Zimenez. Like it's it's unreal how bad they are on the edge. It's, it's it does not make any sense. Um, so that is the biggest issue. Um, so some things uh, with Patrick Graham, he's running a ton of man coverage. You know, and you live by man, you die by man. When you can't get any type of pass rush, you get killed. You know, so I'm not totally mad at Graham for that. Um, here's the things that do bother me about Graham, and we said this on the recap ball. But why was Peppers covering? Cooper Cup and man covers without any double team help. You know? Like, that's the kind of stuff that just doesn't make any sense. You know, that's where that's where the stuff where Graham starts to lose me. But if, I mean, if you ask me, like, rank the three coordinator slash, you know, top coaches on the team, it's very clear that Patrick Graham, I like him more than Joe Judge and Jason Garrett. Because at least Patrick Graham, Patrick Graham makes adjustments week to, week to week. You know, he tries different things. He tries to confuse defenses or confuse offenses. I don't agree with everything, but I... Like, I still do generally like Patrick Graham. Um, but, you, like, you like you can't, you just can't. Especially against Cooper Cup, you know. It'd be one thing if it was some random slot receiver in the NFL. But you can't do that against Cooper Cup. That doesn't make any sense. McKinney's been very bleh. But it's like, I can't be, like, he's a second-round pick. They gotta play him. Um, yeah, it's, it's, they're just getting, like, Logan Ryan's not making an impact. And it's like, Patrick Graham doesn't want to sit back in this soft zone. You know, and it's not because people on Twitter complained about it, but like he knows, like you can't just sit back in soft zone all day. So he's gotten more aggressive, but with being aggressive, you you give up risk, and that's why this defense has given up more big plays. Um, but like I did, like you know, I complained about the run defense a lot last week, and he didn't go back to the heavy boxes with Peppers in the box, but I want him to do. But he did make adjustments. Like the like Giants' edges can't set an edge, so what they were doing was they were having Aziz Ragland. Didn't they have Raglan out there a little bit? Well, yeah, and they were having Aziz and 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 like Lorenzo shoot the gaps inside, and then having the linebackers like flow heavy outside and setting the edge that way. And like so, they like did a decent job against the run, even not playing heavy boxes. I still think you get back to heavy boxes, pit peppers in the box, um, and you can still man up that way, uh, you know. And then you can let your you can you can have every gap accounted for. You can let your linebackers play deeper, um, so. Stuff like that. So I, I, there's, there's things I want, but, um, you know, but I, I kind of blame it on the players a little bit too, you know. Oh, I, I am mostly, and you know me. This has been my big talking point this year. I have mostly been on players at the beginning of the year. I was like, well, what's going on? You know, is it, is it Graham? I was a little frustrated with Graham, but now, Bobby, every single week, every single week. Somebody drops an interception every single week. And that one dropped interception, you know, if Bradbury comes out with that interception in the first half this past Sunday, you know, it most likely does not be the deciding factor in a 38 to 11 game. You know, uh, if your offense isn't scoring a touchdown until garbage time in like the third and the fourth quarter, then it doesn't matter. But give yourself a shot. Give yourself a shot to change the game and to flip momentum. And that was the expectation of this defense this year. That this defense is a team full of playmakers, but they just don't make plays, and that's what really that's what really is 
what is most frustrating to me. All right, next question. Next question is coming from West. Logan Ryan, do something, please. At Westy Westigles. Can I, is it bad that I'm kind of, I, you know, we, sorry for, uh, sorry for ruining Wes's question. Yeah. But, you know, we joked a lot about Logan Ryan pandering and stuff. And now that he's not making plays, it just annoys me. Like, for some reason, I'm just annoyed by Logan Ryan. And it's, and it's not like a, I shouldn't be, but I'm just like, you do all that pandering and you, and you how about make a play? Yeah. But I'm also doing the same thing people are doing to judge and that's not fair. Yeah, I, I, do, I do hear him now. Like he, so you know how I say, don't get frustrated by post game, by post game quotes or press conference quotes, quotes kind of throughout the week. I will say, whenever I do hear him talk, and he is a little bit more conscious about it, being like, yeah, I've been there, done that, I've made game saving interceptions before, and you know, I have faith that we're going to get there next week. But it's the fact that each, each I said conscious. I think the word is pompous. Pompous, yeah, not conscious. Pompous pilot. Yeah, pompous pilot. The fact that he's very, he's a little arrogant about it kind of bugs me a little bit. Um, but again, it doesn't matter. So uh, yeah, who, it's, who cares? it's, it's, yeah, it's, who cares? I just want him to make a play. But does somebody um, have a question about like being a leader and that we don't have a Justin Tuck in the locker room? Is that a question yeah, I didn't that's on do that one? Because I don't agree with that. I think well, it's just well, we're bad. He, here's where, no, I, I, I agree with the two, but here's where you can come to a little bit of a point about it. If Logan Ryan is acting like that, I, we're not behind closed doors. We don't know. But if Logan Ryan is like acting like that, like, yeah, you know, we've, we've made these plays before we can do it again. Blah, 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 blah. If he's acting like that again, just pop, very pompous. And that's a mentality of the locker room. That's not a good mentality. Like Tuck was, I hate, I hate to do it. Tuck was one to be like, yeah, you know, we, we effing suck, like, you know, and he would, and he would kick everybody into gear. So that is where, you know, I feel like that can be felt. So West Lock at Wesley Westigles. Why does the Blake Martinez injury feel forgotten? It was barely discussed when he went down. Defense isn't the same without him lining everything up and being a tackling beast that covers up the issues of the of this defense. Is his injury the most significant loss? Um, I would like to think that we have talked about it. Maybe everybody else hasn't talked about it, but um, I'm glad to see that Graham made that adjustment that Bobby was talking about because teams were so often running outside the tackles against us, like 30% of rushing attempts before the Rams game. We're going outside the tackles. And I think that's where you felt Blake Martinez has lost the most because Reggie Ragland and Tay Crowder, they can't really lead the pack going sideline to sideline like Blake Martinez can. So, but yeah, Wes, it hasn't, it's been like an underrated talking point. It's definitely hurt, you know, and it, it definitely hurts. But at the same time, it's like, it's one in every team deals with injuries. That's really the only injury they have on defense. And it's not responsible for them being ranked 30th in points, you know? So, like, it definitely hurts. They miss Blake. It, it does make a difference in the games. Um, you know, people saying that he's not a difference maker doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but Blake being the sole injury should not be the reason why this defense has imploded. Yeah, and they, they were bad even with Blake in there, too. I mean, I guess they were a little bit better of run defense, but, you know, they were allowing the, the 10, 11, 12 play drives for 73, 75 yards. I don't know why I picked 73. Um, for 75 yards and not clamping down once teams got into the red zone. That was a last year problem too. Uh, no, that, that that was going on with Blake Martinez in the lineup. So, um, yeah. All right. The run game did get significantly worse without Yeah, Blake, no, absolutely, absolutely. Jake Barrow at do a barrel roll. What keeps you guys going, making content for this season? Obviously, you guys have uh, 66% of the season left to go. So, A, what's your secret? 
and B, what are some specific goals or storylines you want to keep tabs on in preparation for 2022? I will say being this being the third year of doing this is a lot of our content, like the O-Line report, the film review, like it was a lot of it has been throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then it's like, okay, this is consistent. We need to do this every week. Well, that's what, that's what content is. Yeah. 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 Like, but so, but now that like, if this was the first year, I probably would be like not doing as much, you know, for, I mean, there was, there was weeks in 2019 where it's like, I'm not watching, you know, after the, after that Eagles Monday night football loss, I was like, I'm not watching film this week. Um, I was like, I'm just not doing it. Um, where now you can't do that because it's like, okay, you have like stuff that we tried is now consistent. Like I tried to do the third down Daniel Jones videos like that doesn't work. Don't do it. But like charting the 15 plus yard passes that was rooted in me trying to most of my best content is me rooting and trying to dispel bad takes, you know, like the, that's what the O-line report was. I was like, it's more than just the bad O-line. Like, here's a reason why the run game had negative yards versus Steelers. Um, oh, I guess me with the explosive plays is a. Uh, well, I think a lot of people were talking about last year about like the the importance of the run game and that you have to establish the run and time of possessions important. So yeah, I guess that's how that came about too. So, Which, yeah. by the way, I forgot to bring that up in the Jason Garrett point. They had zero plays that went over twenty yards this past oh, week. You and only to bring one that up? attempt. <laughs> I it, forgot it, to bring it up. <laughs> it was only one attempt, and that was the Sterling Shepard stumbled interception with thirty seconds left in the half. That was the only time they attempted a throw over 20 yards. Lovely. Um, frustrating. Um, so kind of that. And so pull, peel back the curtains a little bit. I mean, I just want to dominate. Like, I want us to be the best. Like, I I love I, – I want to dominate. I want us to be the best Giants content there is, and I want there not even to be a, a debate. So it's that, yeah. um, you know, personal goals. And I will say the fact that we have two draft picks and probably a fresh start in the offseason is a nice little look ahead. So it's like, at least this offseason is going to be fun. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you know, do do a good job. You know, like put a ton of effort into this. You know, like, for example, the pre-draft process. Gosh, we're really giving away strategies right here. We don't have interviews. Now, we would get more downloads in the pre-draft if we did interviews, if we had people on who do draft stuff. But the reason we don't, is to gain the credibility. It's like, hey, we're doing this research on our own and not just having interviews on. That way, after the draft, you guys have like, okay, like you guys, you guys, you guys are forming your own opinions. You know, you're not just kind of doing just talking draft the way people do on radio. So, yeah, I just want to be the best. I think that's to to answer Jake's question. No, yeah, and uh, at least at least for me, I have a I have like a vision board on my right that I haven't updated since last year, which I, I honestly should, but there's one bullet point I'm never going to remove and it's enjoy the process and be patient. And I underlined process and I underlined patient um, because you have to be patient with this football team, you know, with content, you have to be patient in some things that do work and some things that don't, which, you know, uh, Bobby and I think we have a little bit of a good flow in terms of what works and what doesn't. So um, I, I really like the flow that we have, especially during regular season. And, there's still at the end of the day, you know, and this is credit to everybody that still listens and still follows. There's still thousands of people, even if the, you know, the engagement is a little bit down because not everybody is into the football team right now. There are still like thousands of people out there that are still kind of like in it, that are in it with us, that are really diehards. And we appreciate you listening, uh, listening to this because you're, you're the reason why we do it. You know, you're the reason why we do it where, you know, we do want to be the best and we want to just, I want to put in the work 
right now. You know, there's a company that kind of believes I mean, in I us, love so. the Giants, too. I can't wait till they're good. It's going to yeah. feel so good doing this when they're good. Yeah, and I think it'll it'll be one of those things of, oh, those guys were doing it when they were bad, and they were trying their hardest, and they were doing their best, and now it's like they're good, and they're doing it the same way. You know, they're putting in just as much effort as to when they're good as to, compared to when they're bad. So that's kind of... That's kind of the the impetus behind all that. So that's a good question, Jake. Appreciate it. Plus, I can't stand when people just say stuff. You know, like that's why I couldn't like, like I like that's why I you know spend so much time doing research because it's like I want people to at least know even if they disagree with know where where I'm coming from is like my opinions are rooted in a lot of research and homework. Yeah, um, we're not the type of show that just says things to say things. And I think everybody kind of knows that by now. And that's why our opinions stay like consistent. Like that's why you don't we don't get old takes exposed, really. You know, or it's like, well, look what you said in 2020, and now you're saying this in 2021. Yeah. Um, so how about that? Michael Luisi at Michael Luisi 13 does some good stuff at PFF. Do you think James Bradbury has actually regressed much, or are they just playing him further off the ball so he's naturally giving up more? Catches and yards. I actually have numbers on this. Go for it. So, what I'm doing for the stats report is I'm looking at some major players, and I'm looking at their 2021 on a per-game basis versus 2020 on a per-game basis. So, James Bradbury in 2020, he allowed 6.68 targets per game, and this year it's 6.67. So, it's kind of similar. But the completion rate is very different from 2020 to 2021 2021 he's allowing a 72.5 completion rates 2020 it's 61 and a half um this year he's allowing 61 and a third yards per game last year it was 36 and two-thirds yards per game his air yards on completions per game last year was 24 and a half yards per game this year it's 41.6 i mean that's almost double his yards after catch per game is 19 and two-thirds this year whereas last year it was 12 and a quarter so a lot of those categories like they are substantially bigger i mean especially the air yards on completions where james bradbury last year like one of his things were like, yeah, you know, you can be targeted a lot and maybe you can allow completions maybe 60% of the time. But as long as you're, as you're being targeted behind the sticks and in the intermediate part of the field, I really don't care. And that was apparent last year. But this year, he's allowing a little bit more yards after the catch and the air yards per game is like 41.6. That's not great. And that's uh, that's not huge regression, but it's enough regression to, you know, when you're having the expectation of being a number one corner, it's enough regression to be disappointed in. Yeah, and you did a great job answering. I'll keep. I'll just put in playing more man coverage puts him in some rougher situations too. Is he playing off the ball uh, on a consistent I don't think basis? There's times where he is, but it, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the the cause of it. I thought Washington he was playing off the ball, but I don't. Remember Washington, that being everyone a, played off the ball. I mean, I, that yeah, was that was the, know, soft the soft zone, zone stuff. Yeah. yeah, that was like the soft zone takes were like totally like warranted that game but besides that we've actually haven't played really a lot of soft zone at all all right last question daddy dimes at hum and six humund six i'm gonna go with that coming over from london for my first giants game november 28th versus the eagles heard bobby skinner will also be there what's the plan pregame there's going to be a lot of people there. Ruben's coming from Spain. Entertain is coming. 
you know, Mr. Brownstone's coming from North Carolina. Some of our other loyal listeners are coming up. That's going to be a, that game. That's going to be fun. Like we are going to have fun. You know, my first favorite player of all time, Michael Strahan's getting his jersey retired. We're going to boo the crap out of John Mara. I really do hope John Mara like shows up on the stage because I want to boo him. I want to. He will not. Wanna, um, <laughs> you won't boo him? No, no, John Mara will not show up. Oh, I really want to boo John Mara. Like, I really am looking forward to it. We're going to, that's going to be a fun weekend. You know, it's the weekend after Thanksgiving too. So, I don't know what the plan is, but we'll, we'll obviously have some type of tailgate. It won't be like Fan Fest where we're providing a bunch of food and doing a live show before the game. Because I would, would I, I would maybe, we have to talk about this, and this has to be something that has to be done, and this is going to be on me the next kind of two weeks. I would like to do something like like Fan Fest where it was, where it was something somewhat formal, where we are offering something again, and maybe recording some I want to see if if we can do something because now that you know uh, Brandon London's been coming by to some tailgates that I've been at I want to see if maybe like I can talk to him and be like hey are we like allowed to do stuff like from the parking lot like we don't have to make money from it if, if we can just like record something like we did um I don't know how cold it'll be with the equipment and whatnot but I would like to do something yeah, the only thing about doing a show is like it, if it it, it 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 gets dated quickly, yeah, and then it's like we we're not going to be on like speakers for everyone to hear. Like at the at Fan Fest, people have to kind of have to like that huddle around true. us. That is, that is true, and, and that is I I I do think the the line in the sand is like yeah, you can record something, but then it's the second if we start broadcasting to people, I think that's the second that it becomes a problem. Which honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. You know we how could we... do the pregame show from there, but it's, it's. I think it's just better just to hang out with people. No, I, I, I do agree. I do agree, and that's why you know when I'm, whenever I'm in the parking lot, you know, and and you're and you're begging me to go on YouTube for the live streams. It's like, well, you know, I'm interacting with people. Like there's there's people that are coming up, and it's awesome, and, I, and I'm so thankful for it. And I was thinking about so this I the other day. it was day. your internet connection. It, no, well, it was. It also is my internet connection. It's also terrible too. It took me 40 minutes to post that. What Super Bowl 46 video means to me. Um, but, um, I was thinking about this the other day and the show shows over. That's like the last question. So we have time, but you know how we've always said, oh, you know, the, we don't really want like a formal relationship with the giants, blah, 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 blah. But right now it would really benefit them to have creators that are like in the parking lot, interacting with people getting like more camaraderie going that would really benefit them i was thinking about that yeah i would rather just kind of it, it would but how much would it benefit them though like you we're thinking about it on such a small level and they think it like it's so big for us and i also like keeping the like the distance between that like like do you think they think it's funny that i'm making jokes about burning down the stadium like no they they can't stand that well that's and the if, trick you wouldn't and, be and at and every I game just, i just don't feel like getting the um they're like, oh, you guys are, you know, shields for the organization or whatever. Like, I just, I'd rather just keep the distance. We do what we do. Play no, I, I agree. Interviews we do are based are based on us making relationships on our own. There will be, there's people that in the building that do like us, but like, I don't, and plus they're never going to do it. They don't do anything for LPG. You think they're going to do anything for us? Yeah, and working with him would definitely. Like, they would them. make no, it would, there'd be no, there's no reason for them not to work with him. You know, yeah, and and they don't do any like they don't even they barely acknowledge him. Justin, yeah. 
we follow i have followed like all the people who run their socials and and camera and do their their camera work and stuff people with like 200 followers on like twitter and stuff and i follow them they won't follow back i'm not talking about the giants account just like the people who run it they don't follow it's like man you don't want to like make a connection like i'm not saying a connection with the giants but it's like i don't know it's funny we got to try it on linkedin Huh. That's where we got to try it on LinkedIn. That's where, that's where connections live and breathe. I'm stunting for John Boy. Media. You're stunting. Did you, did you see that I um, I got a yeah. I got us. Wait, first of all, th- this is not something that you were probably gonna say. David Cohn. I had no clue. Z- I found out when everybody else found out today. <laughs> Zero clue. Someone told me last week, um. But it wasn't like a let's fill you in. It was I was trying to talk to somebody in there, like, well, they're doing this stuff right now. I was like, oh, I didn't know that was happening. So, yeah, David Cohn is now a co-worker of ours. Yeah. So, which means we got to mess with them the same way we... Should we ask our people to go leave reviews on their new podcast saying, yes. like, Talking Giants versus the World? Yes, very similar to Chris Rose. That's how... I think that's how Chris Rose knows who we are, and that's the only reason why he knows. Chris Rose finally followed me. What's the name of the podcast? This is a good ad. We're doing a free ad for them, by the way. Towing so the rethink. slab. Towing the slab. Um. So yeah, go leave a review on on towing the slab and talk, tell them how much you love talking giants. Leave talking giants versus the world. You can do that. Yeah. With Chris Rose, it was all Simple Man Radio, which was <laughs> funny. Which I think we should do Simple Man Radio like sooner rather than later. Later. Yeah, if the season gets to a point like a thir- a Thursday Friday. You know, type of deal. Thir- Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, more or less. So yeah, I uh, I'd uh, I'd I'd be down for that. Just one day a week. Me, you, Danny, snacks. Yeah, I think um, I almost think like I I I really want to do um, a show with snacks, like a long form show with snacks, someday. And you know, maybe maybe we can do like a Simple Man Radio two times a week, where it's like me and you, and then like me and him, like I, I you know, then just. I would I would be down for that. Because we'll you obviously it. do more, you know, you you do more film work than I do. So over the off season, I'm gonna have to, you know, I, I have bleeding blue, obviously, but I mean that's 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 one day a week, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna plan that out better this off season of not just have shows every week and mix up the content. I'm excited for bleeding blue. I have some I have some cool ideas that I haven't talked to you about, but I've talked to snacks about. So I got to start writing out the calendar for that soon. What are they? I don't want to say. I want to keep it kind of. I want to. I want to keep it as a surprise. All right. It's, well, let's keep this episode less than an hour or two. Oh yeah, let's do that. Oh, we're getting close. Yeah, let's wrap well, it up. Pre- we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Friday with a preview. We love you. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>